Welcome to Vote With Power, podcast number four. This is our Family and American Freedom series. Our podcast purpose is always to inform voters about a solution for those who don't like the direction our country is going, those who are fed up with politics, and the voters who want our problems in America solved. Most voters are waiting with hope until the next election and think things will change. The problem is the political landscape and process stays in place no matter who we elect at this time. Voters are the ones that hold the key to fixing Americans' problems. Today's topic is how our open southern border is destroying America and what voters can do about that. We need to keep our freedom. We need to save our democracy. To save our democracy, we need voter engagement. Times have changed. Voters no longer can just vote, go home and be silent. They need to stay involved with the representatives. Our political landscape is not working anymore. Our representatives are not transparent, accountable, and they're certainly not representing the voters' wishes, the voters who elected them. Southern open border is killing young Americans and will soon destroy the rest of our lives. We are operating without policies, without a sustainable process, and without any controls. We need to find voters who care about their future and their family's future in America. Find voters who will take action, find common ground, develop a common sense solution to fix the border crisis. Congress is responsible for immigration policies and procedures to help people move to America in a healthy, safe, potentially successful onboarding process into our country and on a path toward citizenship. From my point of view, this problem has never been resolved. The legislature's had this responsibility forever, and they've never really done much about it. They just let it ride till now. It's a point of danger for all of us. Why is the situation so bad for Americans? One, our open border in the South is bringing in high levels of drugs into such as fentanyl and others, which are killing young people. Fentanyl is not a drug that you get addicted to. It's just a death quick sentence. In the last six months, the border guards have captured enough drugs to kill all 330 million Americans. This past year, we have had over 2 million illegal immigrants into America that we're not sure should be here. We lack the staffing to vet or process these individuals. Most are coming into our country without us knowing who are sick, who are criminals, who are drug or human traffickers, who are terrorists, and who are gang members. In the past six months, there's been over 700,000 gotaways. Gotaways mean that the border guards haven't been able to slow those people down. They just come into our country. We have no idea who they were, 
or where they went. They are now amongst us. Why don't have we have the means to support the immigrants' needs, even the desired one at this level? We need to know how much does it cost to help each immigrant with housing, job-seeking, education, health care, clothing, living expenses, and transportation. If you take that times 2 million immigrants coming into our nation every year now, which is supposed to expand, we can't afford that, and we certainly can't do it without plans. Where will the funding come from? A small portion can be supplied by the nonprofit organizations. The rest will come from you, the voters that are taxpayers, in the form of more government borrowing, more printing of money, more increasing the national debt, which is already at $330 million and cost us $265 billion a year just to pay the interest. We also will start to see higher taxes and higher inflation due to the immigrants coming into our country that have to be supported financially. What will that added expense do to your family and the voters' future in America? We need to get our own economy and financial house in order before we can handle millions of visitors coming in every year. Members of Congress don't seem to understand this. Another serious problem is how we will educate all of the children coming into our country. Many of the children have low or zero English language skills, which make their adaption into America much more difficult. Most are behind in their education level for their age, so where do we place them to get them caught up? So far, the children are being dumped in American children's classrooms all over the nation. The teachers are not prepared for this. This will dumb down the educational opportunities for your children in American schools. They will spend too much focus and time on helping the immigrants understand what they're saying and doing and catching them up. According to U.S. public education statistics this year, we currently average $14,455 per student per year in American schools. Multiply that times the million or so immigrant children that are coming into America. Who can write that check? If America does have that kind of money sitting around without having to print it or borrow it, we should be using it to help American citizens out of poverty. Our citizens that are poverty-stricken need further education, further mentoring, and further assistance to move their social and financial status to a substantial level where they can enjoy life. All of these people coming into our country are causing much property damage. The property owners in the southern states along the border are suffering the most right now. But as those immigrants are bussed and flown to other areas of our country, these same situations will be happening to all of us. The border states are having burdens of cost, 
time involved to protect their families, and put up with safety issues and harassment. They are finding thousands of pounds of trash, even dead bodies on their property, aggressive behavior and property being destroyed by the immigrants, break-ins and robberies are increasing, threats to their families are increasing, and their fences are now being cut. There was a farmer on the news just yesterday said that his average fence repair was about 15 patches a year. Just this year alone, he's had to do over 120. And those are not caused by nature or animals. They're caused by immigrants cutting the fences. Another concern is how many of those coming into our country are or will become gang members or terrorists. This is something drastic as far as the safety of the American citizens. The border guards caught 40 plus people on the terrorist list in just the last few months. How many of those 700,000 gotaways were actually terrorists or gang members? We can't afford to have Americans raped, robbed, killed to find out where the undocumented immigrants have transitioned to. We need control and processes at the border now. The biggest problem of all is that our government is not doing anything about the border crisis or the immigration reform. This brings the following questions. Does our government want millions of undocumented immigrants to continue because they have a hidden agenda? Secondly, does our government lack the knowledge to fix the problem? Third, do our elected representatives not care about the concerns of the voters? Remember, they work for us. We elect them. They're supposed to listen to us, hear us, answer us, respect us, and represent us. Right now, they're only respecting and listening to their party and or big money. Are our politicians playing politics trying to position themselves so they will be re-elected. They spend too much time on worrying about keeping their seat in Congress. This causes a freeze in their minds right now because they're not sure exactly what to do about the border crisis. They certainly don't want to offend any of their constituents or they may lose their job. Which brings up another question. Are our representatives making decisions based on saving their jobs, or are they making it according to their oath, which means they're supposed to be representing the voters of America? How can this border crisis be solved and fixed forever? It will take voters from all sides of the aisle, especially input from independent voters, to unite, stand up, Find common ground, join a communication loop, and keep the dialogue going, then take action to let Congress know what the voters want. Voters must demand that Congress takes action in the favor and the direction the voters want to go. No more kicking the can down the street. The voters must regain their influence over the parties and over big money politics. Most Americans have common sense and similar core values. It doesn't matter if you're conservative, Republican, 
Democrat, independent, or anything else, all of us want to live in a safe environment, have economic opportunities and job opportunities, have a good source of education, have health care that's fair, reasonable, and well-serviced. So we need to do that in order to get back to our democracy and freedom. There's two kinds of democracy. The first one is called direct. That's where we don't have representatives or elections. The people speak, and it goes with a majority of the people. That's the logistics of the legislation, policies, procedures, and rules and laws. The second one is a representative democracy, which we have, but our representatives no longer seem to stay involved with their constituents, no longer seem to care about what their constituents want and want done and win. So from the analysis formula, we need to analyze what resources America has as far as money, space, jobs, housing, and on and on to make sure how many people we can assimilate comfortably into America without causing harm to them and or harm to our citizens. From that analysis, we can depict how many immigrants we can afford per year, how many we can educate, mentor, put in housing, help them find jobs, give them financial support, child care, health care, transportation, and living expenses. How many can we afford to do this with? We need to make decisions on the countries and the nationalities that are most desired by people in our country, the voters, coming into our country per year. We do need to set quotas. Currently, they're coming in from all over the world. They just travel to our southern borders and then they come in. And certain nationalities and countries have people that are on a higher level than the people that we either shouldn't bring in or are going to need a lot more support and a lot more financial backing. We need to design a system built around the number of new neighbors we are willing to take in. Six, we need to design a vetting process to make sure we only take in those who we want and keep out those that we don't want. We need to design a qualifying and vetting process, as I mentioned, to make sure we help the people that are coming in for two reasons. One, we don't want the bad actors coming in, and secondly, we need to decide who we need to help and how much so that we can afford the support that they need to assimilate easily, comfortably, and hopefully become American citizens. We need to look at the individual's potential for becoming a contributing citizen. Does this person have any unacceptable behaviors in their past, such as violent crimes, transmittable illnesses, or gang members or terrorists? Those folks should not be allowed to come into America. Do they want to become an American citizen, or are they just getting in here for some other purpose? What is their job and career background, and will they fit any needed employees in America? Do they have the skills, talents, education to come into our country and become part of our workforce? How good is their English? 
There are many people in America that are not ready to have neighbors, friends, churchgoers, and so on that they can't communicate with. What extra help and support will they need? The vetting process goes on into questions about what are their health records indicating, what is their potential for being self-sufficient, and by when. We can't afford to bring immigrants in and pay for the rest of their lives. What is their education level? Does it fit with opportunities in our country, or do they have skills, knowledge, and talents that we are not going to be able to have them use to get decent jobs? What is their potential for getting a job in America in a timely manner? Do they have any family connections in America? Next part of the process is once we vet them, all interested candidates to be accepted into the United States of America need to fill out an application. If you want to go to college, if you want to get a job, most things you do, you have to fill out an application first. And those applications should be filled out when they're still at home in their own country instead of coming to the border first. And then they need to be reviewed and accepted. Their, their application will be viewed and accepted on one of three levels. The top level are individuals that answer and are vetted to the highest degree in a category. In other words, they're assimilating into the country is going to be the smoothest. They're going to be able to find work quickly, uh, on and on. They don't need the support and they possibly have family here. Level two are people that get less scores on um, the vetting process. However, they still are good candidates to come into our country. The third level are the least likely to do well in a reasonable amount of time coming into our country. So they will end up on third on the list. So we need to place each individual from the vetting scale and predict of the financial and other support and mentoring they're going to need, place them on one of three categories. Their expected time they will find housing to get a job, to be self-sufficient, and assimilate into our society with their interest in becoming America are the people that we really want. So once we put them in the categories, then we need to interview all of the number one category people first from each country until we fill that quota of potential people coming here. The second interview is when their application has been accepted. This will be further screening of the person. This will help determine which of the three levels they are placed on also and or if we missed anything on the application which warrants them not being accepted to join us. Their next will be a succession plan of support and mentoring, which we have nothing of now. We bring them into the country, ship them by bus or train or airplane to some place and say, good luck. That doesn't help them. It's a disaster for most people that have fear, unknown, may not have an, a good handle on the language and so on. We need to support the ones we're having come in. We do want to have a high success ratio. Otherwise, if they don't find housing, support, financial well-being, they will have a tendency to either have health issues or 
become criminals to make sure they can live. The migrants will agree to the plan once they have and sign a contract to follow the laws and not be a financial, health, safety, and education burden on the citizens of America. The plan should be written for their first three years in America. All other countries in the world charge a fee when they accept an immigrant into their countries. America should certainly do the same. Otherwise, the burden of their financial support falls on the taxpayers. We need check-in points in their plan. Uh, the approved and accepted immigrants need to check in periods for every three months for the first year, every six months through the year three, to make them feel welcome, know that we care about them, find out where they need more support, and track their progress to make sure they are fitting properly and smoothly into our culture. How do we get a system similar to the above-mentioned approved and implemented? Voters need to unite with each other through a communication loop which is offered by the organization called Vote With Power. We need to find common ground, common sense, create the plans, and take those proposals to our members of Congress. If our representatives don't approve or or modify the plans and then accept those in a timely basis. And this is on a non-political basis. This doesn't matter if you're Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative, independent. They will be told that at the next election, they should go. This indicates that they are not doing their job in representing the voters. If they constantly listen to their party and big money donors, we don't have a democracy. Without a democracy, we will lose our freedoms. Just look at the border and how many people that are currently living near the border, own property, have farms, have ranches, are burdened by the people coming in, even if they're the good people. Just the rough numbers alone is shocking. Our members of Congress must accept four behaviors for themselves. Stop playing politics with our lives start to water down the political strength of their party and big money. Third, stop giving us misinformation, lying to us, name-calling, blaming, and doing nothing. They must start to represent the voters as written in the oath that they signed. They must want to hear us, answer us, give us honest information, rep respect us, and represent us over other influences. We need to work with members of Congress in order to have them honestly know what we want and stop listening to just polls. What should the member of Vote With Power do if you decide to join us and take action, solve our problems, water down the politics in our country, and turn the direction into the direction most citizens want? Here's what we need to do. We need to change the direction of America according to the will of the voters. We need to have a communication loop to solve the major problems. That communication loop will be between voters, use the vehicles in Vote With Power organization, and keep in touch with our representatives. We must change the political landscape to return it to sanity, cooperation, 
collaboration, civil respect, and protecting our democracy and our freedom. The voters need to have more influence than the political parties and big money. They need to stay connected and engaged in VoteWithPower.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you got some ideas. I hope you will get involved with changing America back to democracy and freedom that it used to be. Please send your family members and friends to VoteWithPower.com. That's VoteWithPower.com, where they can get more information, read the blogs that I put on there, find out about other things we're doing, get free newsletters, and eventually, hopefully, join our movement and change America forever. Thank you very much for listening. This is Denny with Vote With Power, signing off.